hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Uh, what a privilege to be uh, introduced by my lovely wife. I love 24 years ago, um, we were standing on top of a nightclub when I asked you to uh, be my girlfriend. <laughs> Did you ever think one day that you would be standing introducing me to preach to a whole bunch of people? <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> here I am and God is good. So you've been welcomed this morning, but uh, I'll do it again. Um, welcome to our very first service of 2024. And if you're joining us online, a great welcome to you as well. We trust that you've all had a good Christmas and New Year. So as uh, you may know, my name is Clive. I'm married to the lovely Nikki. We have three beautiful daughters, Sarah, Megan, and Stacy. A picture should come up there right now. And uh, b- before any of you ask where the orange hair comes from, uh, because I've been asked that a few times, um, it actually comes from Nikki's side of the family. <laughs> A lot of people think that uh, I cut my hair this way because I don't like orange hair. (coughs) So we're starting a new preaching series this morning called My Story. And the story that I want to share this morning is the story of a bit of our journey of us coming to New Zealand. What should have been a relatively easy transition um, coming to New Zealand uh, turned out to be uh, into a sequence of events that we had no control of. And had it not been for God and the people that we had around us at the time, I don't think we would have endured. Can we just pray this morning? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word this morning, Lord. And Father God, as we listen to this story, Lord, Father, we see that you are always and will always be in and part of our life. Through the ups and the downs, Lord, you are always there. Even though we can't see it sometimes, Lord, you are always there working for us, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that we could come together and worship again uh, just to exalt your name and lift you up as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. So everybody has their own reasons for immigrating. And if you speak to many South Africans, you'll find that They give reasons for the high crime rate, unemployment rate in South Africa. But I don't want want to concentrate on that. I want to concentrate on the goodness of God. So we were first stirred to immigrate about 20 years ago. And uh, we looked at our life and we thought, you know what, we're pretty comfortable where we are. We didn't have kids at that time. So we we put the the idea aside. But then after we had children, we looked what to, to the future to see what their future would be like in 10 or 20 years' time. And we decided the best choice for us and our family was to leave South Africa in search of a safe country where there were m- many opportunities for all of our futures. Now, it wasn't an easy decision. I'd stayed in the same city for 48 years of my life. We were knitted into the community. We felt like we were living in what we called the sweet spot. We had good jobs, we owned our own home, and, uh, sorry, 
we had no debt. We were also part of the leadership team in the church that we were part of. Very vibrant church, very much like um, Ashbury and New Life. In actual fact, it was called One Life. So we went from One Life to New Life. <laughs> so through much prayer and planning, we eventually felt that the time was right for us to leave. You see, we wanted to know that God was going to be in it with us. And it wasn't just our own plan in coming into New Zealand. In fact, this was our actual prayer. God, if this is not the plan that you have for us, won't you shut every door and opportunity that comes our way, and then we'll know that this is not for us. But we felt uh, God was in it, and these were some of the scriptures we felt God had given us at the time. Revelation 3 verse 8. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. And this is a, a favorite that uh, kind of sealed the deal for us. Leviticus 26 verse 6. I will give peace in the land. You shall lie down and none shall make you afraid, and I will remove harmful beasts from the land, and the sword shall not pass through the land. Doesn't that scripture sound just like New Zealand? Yep. We sleep in relative peace here, yeah? and there are no beasts that can devour us. So with those scriptures in mind, sorry, getting a bit So with those scriptures in mind, seeking wise counsel and making sure that our plans lined up with God's word, we felt that God was saying yes. The process wasn't quick though. We thought we'd sell our house and move in about nine weeks, like most people who immigrate. But we had to short term a, a little two bedroom apartment and we squashed in there for about seven months. We had a visa delay for some reason or another and uh, this had us pressing into God again once again asking him to close the door if this was not his plan for our life however we were encouraged by his word and his peace to keep going so visa in hand eventually we landed in New Zealand in November 2019 we knew that coming to New Zealand would uh, have its own challenges and for those of you that have immigrated, you understand what it, uh, we go through with immigration. Saying goodbye to friends and family, saying goodbye to everything you know, and coming to the unknown. But we knew the best place to make friends would be to join a church. Because it's something that us Christians share in commonality, is that we all believe in Jesus Christ. And we find acceptance with each other, no matter where you are in the world. <coughs> So we arrived in Christchurch on the Wednesday, and by the next Sunday we joined a local church, and within about two weeks uh, we joined a life group, and it wasn't long before we were on the serving team. We were serving in the newcomers lounge, and I feel sorry for any people who came to the newcomers lounge when we were on duty, because you know us South Africans, we can ask 21 questions in a minute. And uh, we realized that 
um, speaking to Kiwis, they're a little bit more reserved. So we, we wondered why we were getting a bit of <laughs> you know, that kind of effect. Anyway, so we eventually found a house and things were going well. I was in the process of getting a visa for America and Canada because the company that I work for uh, was sending me over there to do a eight-week project to install and commission some machinery. For some reason, my Canadian visa kept on getting delayed. So the rest of the guys went over ahead of me, and the plan was that when my visa came through, I would just catch up with them. But around the same time as all of this was going on, I received a message from one of my friends back home. Prophetic word with a scripture. <clears throat> I knew something was coming because he'd been so accurate with prophetic words in the past. And the scripture that he sent us was from Joshua 1 verse 7. It says, above all, be strong and very courageous. You see, friends, COVID had just started around the world. And I'm sure like many of you were wondering what would happen. Would it spread? Would it come to New Zealand? And companies were also getting worried about this. What would this mean for them? My employer was getting frustrated with the whole visa uh, delay. And uh, he wanted me to come over and just get on with the project. So I arrived at work on the 5th of February 2020 day before my wife's birthday, to be handed a letter saying, we, don't, we do not need your services anymore. This came as a huge shock. I thought everything was going well at work. And uh, we'd only been in the country for three months. And my visa was tied to the job that I had. I remembered the massive delay that we had on the first week visa for coming here. It all seemed so terrible and, and impossible to fix quickly. So the very next day, I started looking for a job. Not easy as things uh, got more and more um, locked down as COVID was coming. More and more employers were not hiring. Not knowing what the job market or business uh, market would look like. I think it was about two weeks went by. I was offered a job in Blenheim. So I flew up and uh, went for the interview. The very next day, I was offered a job. And uh, there was a bit of excitement in our home. And um, much to my wife's disgust, or um, yeah, she wasn't very happy. I'd been praying and I said, Lord, if, you know, just give me a peace about this. And I, I turned the job down because I didn't feel at peace with it. So we carried on searching and I eventually got another job offer on the 13th of March. Applied for my work visa to be changed over, a process that should have taken between two and four weeks. But on the 25th of March, New Zealand went into lockdown, as too did Immigration New Zealand. They'd stopped processing all uh, local visas. Days became weeks, weeks became months. Five months to be exact. No visa, no work, no income. 
We were living on our savings we had brought with us from South Africa. Those five months were probably the most difficult five months of our lives. It challenged us in many ways. When nothing else seems to be working out for us, doubts and fear started setting in. We started to doubt if we really did hear from God. We questioned if it was just our plan that we had for coming into New Zealand and we just inserted what we thought God was saying into the situation. We wondered if this was God's way of punishing us for leaving South Africa and doing our own thing. I felt completely abandoned by God. Started thinking maybe we should just pack up the stream and go home. Although borders were closed, we couldn't even leave. I was angry at God for this, allowing this to happen to us. I started doubting my own faith in Him, in hearing Him. And it took me to a place where I wasn't spending much time or reading my Bible. I was angry, I was tired, and I just wanted to give it up and run away. Nikki, on the other hand, was seeking God every day, trying to encourage me as she felt was God, God was in it despite all the difficulties. As to were our new, uh, life, uh, new life group members, uh, who we hadn't known for very long, they constantly checked in on us, kept on encouraging us and messaging us and praying for us. One of the ladies in our um, home group sent us this message. It's from Habakkuk 2 verse 3. It says, If it delays, wait for it, for it will surely come. It will not be late. I know that Nikki and I cried out every day. Her in faith and hope, and me in, f in anger and frustration. How long, God? How long do we have to go through this? But Nikki felt the Lord was saying this to us. From Psalm 46 verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Not really what I wanted to hear as a man going through this situation where I had no control. And God is saying to me, keep quiet. Psalm 35 verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But I felt like God had left me. When we look at the Bible, we can see that we are not alone in feeling this way. Moses cried out to God, How long? David cried out to God, How long will it be before you help me? Isaiah cried out to God, How long before you deliver us? Habakkuk anguished, How long before you hear me? Clive was crying out, How long, God? Even Elijah, the faithful prophet, struggled through adversity. The prophet Elijah had just witnessed God's great display of power over the false god Baal. He had sent fire down from heaven and he had ended a long drought with a great rain. Elijah must have felt the sense of victory. The evil king Ahab could not deny the one true God. But trouble awaited uh, Elijah in the form of Ahab's wife, Jezebel. 
When Jezebel heard what had happened at Mount, Mount, Mount Carmel, she, wanted, uh, she threatened to kill Elijah. So Elijah ran away and hid in the wilderness. What a change Elijah experienced. He went from a man full of faith and confidently praying for God's glory to be displayed to a man begging for God to take away his life. Just like Elijah, I arrived here in New Zealand full of faith because of the things that I've seen God do in my life through the years of knowing him. Just like Elijah, I wanted to run away when things didn't turn out the way I thought it would. 1 Kings 19 verse 12 says, And after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And, the fi and after the fire there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Don't you love this verse because it reminds us that God shows up in the little things. Many times we want God to reveal himself to us in a big way. Especially when we're thinking we've been faithful and waiting on him. For us, it was in the small things that were going on in the background. It was a time when everything else needed to be stripped away. And the only thing that we could cling to was God's word. Uh, that had been spoken over us. We had to listen for the whisper. So what were the scriptures saying to us? Sleeping in a land where there is peace. That gave us the assurance that New Zealand is where God wanted us and where we should be. Be still and know that I am God. Assurance that in our fear and doubt, he was always there. To be strong and courageous, he is with us. To be strong and very courageous, through him we can conquer. So when I finally got my visa, we had $1,000 left in our bank account. All our savings that we had brought with us from South Africa had dwindled. All our carefully laid plans had been shredded and our endurance depleted. But here we are, together, stronger, more mature, and more sure of God than what we have ever been. So here's a couple of things that I've learned through this experience. Firstly, God doesn't abandon anyone. His promises are true when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Number two, God has a different timetable than what we do. See, if borders were open, uh, we would have fled and not stayed and not be where God wanted us. Thirdly, God can see ahead of us. In hindsight, if I'd gone over to Canada when New Zealand closed its borders, I wouldn't have been allowed to re-enter because I'm not a citizen or a resident of this country. My, my family would have been stuck here. I would have been sent home, back to South Africa. It would have been an even bigger disaster than what we had. God knows our future and he works all things to the good for those who love him. God was accomplishing a number of things through his slowness in the situation. We feel 
to bring glory to His name. If you look at the situation that we're in, we can only say that it was through God that we came out of it. To strengthen our faith. We had no other option but to trust in Him. Didn't matter how difficult it was and how brave we were trying to be in front of our kids to show them that everything was okay. To mature our character. We had to go through the fire for His plans and purposes because we believe that God has got so much more in store for us here in New Zealand. And God is, in our li- is our lifeline in the dark. When we think there is no way, God makes a way. I wonder if I can ask Jono and Alini to please come up. And maybe can I, can I ask everybody to stand as well? As I was preparing for this message, I was looking at some photos on my phone and I came across this picture that you'll see on the screen now. This is a picture of some booklets that our home church gave us when we left. A lot of encouraging messages written in there. A lot of prophetic words, which is nice. But one thing I noticed the other day when I looked at it, I've never seen it before. You see what's written on the cover? Be strong and courageous. Be still know that I am God. Coincidence? I think not. Friends, I think God was showing us that He was in this thing from the beginning. We didn't even see it. Maybe you here this morning feeling like God has abandoned you and you're all alone. You're looking at your situation and you're thinking there's no way out of it. Maybe the answer you're looking for is right in front of you. But like us, you couldn't see it. Because you're looking at your situation and not to God. Is God saying something to you this morning? Can you recall on a long forgotten scripture that He has given you? Or the people that he's put around you to encourage you and speak into your life. God wants to restore this morning. He wants to draw you close. He wants you to know that he will never leave you nor forsake you no matter what. If this is you this morning, I'd like to invite you to come up to the front. We'd like to get a group of people around you we would like to pray for you and stand with you encourage you and ask God this morning for breakthrough maybe you're here in church for the first time in many years 
Maybe you've been part of church for a long time, but you've just slowly drifted away. I also want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning and coming to the front and saying, God, I cannot. I can't do it anymore. I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me. I'd also like to encourage you to come up this morning so we can stand with you and pray with you and introduce you to this God that we're talking about. So I've asked Alini to sing this song, Goodness of God, this morning. You know, when I was going through what we were going through in Christchurch, there were many days where I just wanted to give up. But I remember playing this song in the car, wherever I go, singing the goodness of God. So as she sings this song this morning, won't you please come up and let us pray for you.